Welcome to Buildings and Beyond. The podcast that explores how we can create a more sustainable built environment. By focusing on efficiency, accessibility, and health. I'm Rob Aldrich. And I'm Kelly Westby. This week, I talked with Brad Mahoney, who is the Director of Sustainable Development at MP Boston. And we talked about Winthrop Center, which is a very large building under construction right in downtown Boston. A 691-foot tower, uh, the top 30 stories of residential, 420 apartments, and then below that are 20 stories of office space, 750,000 square feet of office space. And if everything goes as planned, this will be the largest Passive House certified office building in the world, as far as we know. We talk mostly big picture, why they're doing what they're doing, a little bit of how they're doing what they're doing. If you want to learn more details, and if you can make it to New York City at the end of June, consider coming to the NAPHN conference. That's the North American Passive House Network Conference. Dylan Martello from SWA will be presenting on some of the details of the curtain wall system. And there's a lot that goes into it, especially for such a big building. I'm looking forward to the conference. I'll be talking uh, in a session about heat pumps, getting more from air source heat pumps. Lois and Kelly will be talking about the importance of commissioning in high-performance buildings. Lots of industry experts really focused on high-performance buildings and especially low-carbon buildings. So if you can make it June 27th to 28th, the Metropolitan Pavilion in New York City. And if you want a discount code, we have one of those for you. If you want 10% off for the regular conference admission rate, use the code NAPHN. 1-9 asterisk S-W-A for 10% off. All this is on our show notes. So you can go there and you can click on it. You can copy the discount code. Uh, the conference website is naphnconference.com. Hope to see you there. And here's my talk with Brad Mahoney. So the whole building will be certified to leave. Correct. But yep. the, the office and the residential sections are kind of being tackled in a different way? They are. They are. And, and um, it's the office section that will be Passive House and Lead Platinum is the plan. Yeah, that's correct, Rob. Uh, it's exciting. This will be the largest Passive House office project in the world, certainly the largest here in the Northeast. And... You know, oh, the the other thing is we've gone through our passive house journey. We found that there are these inherent synergies um, that passive house has with other components of the ecosystem that we're creating here at Winthrop. Um, so we're certifying the office space to Well Gold. Um, we're really trying to help create and define the workplace of the future. So why the, I guess it, it seems curious, and I, I mean, there, it's a big building with a lot going on. To a lot of people, it may seem curious as why you split it up. I mean, why, why go for Passive House only on the office section? Is this, is this your first foray into Passive House? Yes, this, this is our first Passive House venture. Um, you know, and, and to answer that, I think you, you really have to look at the market, right? Okay. 
companies are looking to attract and retain top talent, right? You read about it everywhere. And that's kind of where this conversation starts. So we're creating a healthy, high-performance environment that's founded in Passive House, right? And we think this project um, will be where, where companies want to be. You will have to be at Winthrop Center, you know, um, the, there will be over 4,000 women and men working in this building every day. And it's that appeal. The other piece is, you know, if you look at the office component per person, it's, you know, um, it's where you, you can most directly impact uh, carbon reduction, um, the amount of energy per person, right? So versus the residential, 400 units, 4,000 employees in, in and out of this building every day. So there's, yeah, there's many more people using the office sections. And there's a bigger, bigger opportunity for energy savings, for comfort, for health. Uh, now, in, in, and when you're thinking about how to, I mean, when you're thinking about the Passive House concept, is this something that kind of you championed or you really saw, did you see a need in the marketplace for efficient, healthy office space? How did you get, how did you get to be looking at Passive House here? So it started, it really did start at the onset of the project when we started this. Okay. How, do we, how do we make this project truly next generation, right? So when you look at Passive House, which is ultimately... It's a performance-based standard, right? Yep. And right now, when you hear about performance, you think about energy performance, carbon reduction, long-term carbon reduction goals, things that we all, both in our community and at large, care very much about. And the desire to express what we're doing and make the office user understand that, but feel that they have a play in that, feel that they are able to participate in that solution, participate in this idea of going beyond the things that maybe traditionally people understand what sustainability means. When you look at some of the top measures, how do people feel that they're able to contribute you know, conserving water and recycling. Well, this goes far beyond that because you're talking about energy reduction. And there are many, many other benefits um, that have tremendous appeal to the, um, to the office user. Um, you know, better indoor air quality, right? Thermal comfort. Um, so noise, noise. Noise reduction because the triple glazed windows. Yeah. You know, um, long term, the quality of construction. Um, so it was it was really the tenants when you when you were toying with this idea. It was really this is going to be better for the tenants. It's going to be better for the tenants on many levels. It's gonna, on many many levels, on many levels. And and I, obviously the idea is hey we'll be able to lease this right. quicker or maybe for a little bit of a premium. 
and 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 that is was that a was that a tough sell or was did that just seem like a kind of a next next logical step when you're when you're thinking about going passive house so it it became clear that this was um you know i think i think when any organization is contemplating something new right and this yeah. is new not just to us but it's new really to the industry you take a long, hard look at it, and yeah. we took a long, long, hard look. And the more we studied this, um, the more it really became clear that this is where we want to go to really set the bar and create a new paradigm because we believe this is where development ultimately will go. Um, and so we're trying to do that in a way that really allows for the, the, the best experience for our customer, for our tenants. You don't want to be obsolete in 10 or 20 years. Right. I mean, the, you know, the benefits, the re- resiliency benefits, right? I mean, that alone. There, you, know, you, you can find that there are pieces and elements of Passive House that, I, that can appeal to different subsets within each organization. And it it really has a broad overall appeal. Are, are you getting feedback yet from brokers or possible tenants, or is there is there interest yet? Is it resonating with with folks yet? I know. First of all, actually, this is let's back up. What's the whole schedule for for this? I mean, the completion. Yeah, so, so, so interesting. So, so we opened in three years, 2022. Okay. Um, so we are starting those conversations with tenants, with brokers. Okay. People want great space, right? That's, that's number one, yep. right? Views are huge. <laughs> Views are huge. Location. And we have all of that, right? And what we're doing is we are tremendously enhancing that, right? So... When you think about what are the elements of Passive House, you know, triple glazed windows, energy recovery, heat recovery, really understanding the vision spandrel framework, what that vision to wall ratio is, and kind of optimizing that. The other thing that obviously appeals are the, the energy savings, the utility savings, not only today, but long term, right? And, um, and that does appeal to the tenants. That does appeal. Okay. That does appeal. I mean, you know, the traditional let's sell on utility savings, that's maybe what people traditionally start with as the, um, as the key marker for Passive House. And I think in some respects, it, that's where it starts. But when you look at everything else and you look at kind of what I was saying earlier – how to optimize the vision of spandrel framework so that, you know, we have 10 foot high windows, right? And we've optimized those for views, right? Because we know the benefits of daylight. And when you look at the overall floor plan, you know, 95% of the overall floor plan is within 35 feet of one of those windows. Uh-huh. It's so right. everyone. Everyone has that opportunity, and everyone really um, plays in that. Cool. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. Yeah. 
Can we talk about those windows in, in more detail? What are sure. they? What are they? How are they constructed? How are you? Yeah. yeah what are the, What are the big differences between this construction and uh, past big projects that you've worked on? Right. So I think um, taking a step back, right? So this idea of integrated design, right? And I think integrated passive house design. You start the project and you kind of set certain parameters. This is what we're doing on the project. We are moving forward with a passive house design. So that's really kind of the baseline, right? And you always need someone that raises their hand and says, this is what we're doing, this is what we're driving to. And it's our job to make sure that everyone's committed to achieving that mutual goal, right? That's your job so that, specifically, it sounds like. It is, it yeah. is, it is. It is, but everyone, everyone on the team is fully committed to it. Yeah, um, and it it kind of permeates everything. It permeates the the modeling on the MEP side and the integration with the PHPP. It permeates the design and the facade. When you get into the procurement of the facade, you know, eighty to one hundred million dollars on a project of this scale and size, <laughs> right? Um, and I mean, there are there are. There are very real um, commercial financial aspects to this, you know. Oh yeah. Um, like, what kind of money? What premium are you spending on that facade? Okay, ten to fifteen percent, right? And what does that relate to on the overall? And so, you, so you you talk about modeling, talk about the facade, talk about the MEP systems, and the commitment in driving through that and flowing it through from initial design into design development, into procurement, then into construction. So integrated. Everyone is working towards the same goal. And you look at the differences between another high-rise project and this, you know, when you look at the facade, right? So it's curtain wall, unitized system, Third layer of glass, right? We've, with, um, our, uh, you know, with input from our passive house consultants, Stephen Winters, we've, you know, kind of come up with the the optimal solar heat gain, the U value, the R eighteen spandrel insulation. The R eighteen is a is a big driver. That's a big difference. Yeah. Right. Um, over a traditional curtain wall. So. It's all of those things. It's the triple glaze, the R18, um, the ceiling, the perimeter ceiling, right? That's, that's inherent. That's where a lot of old leaky buildings lose their energy, right? Absolutely. Well, on this one, that's, that's where our primary focus is. And making sure that within that passive house envelope, the collective envelope, we are sealed. Um, so so though. Go ahead. Sorry. Would you say so? I mean, yeah, th those are a few big ticket items. Uh, you know, the the triple pane glass, the higher R values, the air sealing. Would you say? And those are kind of you know there are some pretty large numbers associated with those features. Yes. But would you say the the first thing you came to when I asked you about it what was the coordination? Was the integration? Is, right. Is is that? I mean, in your mind, is that a bigger? change or a bigger challenge than any of these line items? 
Does that make sense? Uh, well, yeah. In, in some respects, it is because you know we're talking about something that hasn't been done before, right? And so you really need to shepherd that. You know, the supply chains are not there, and supply chain starting from look, this is rel- It's in its infancy, right? So Handel has done this before. But when we talk about supply chains, it's not just the architecture, the engineering, the construction managers, the facade manufacturers, the equipment manufacturers. So you really need to watch through that and make sure that everyone has their eye on the collective goal because you know, you don't want to bring it to a point and then have it fall down because someone wasn't paying attention, right? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's more a matter of making sure that everyone's working together. And so in some respects, that is bigger than the, you know, the upfront capital cost. But that is a, you know, the, the, the ability to say we're committed to this and we're doing it, that really got us out of the gate. And now we're off and running. We're committed to it. We've looked past that. And now we're focused on delivering. Right on. Yeah. And obviously in a project that this bit that is this big you need really good coordination and communication absolutely uh, but but i guess uh, you know passive house adds another layer i mean it's even i guess it's even more important with with passive house it it definitely is and that's why um really having the right team members people that are committed to this, and and we absolutely have that from top to bottom. So, so suppliers, I mean, with you, you're asking for some wacky curtain wall, something new as far as the right. curtain walls. Have they have their suppliers ever done that before? Anything like that? So at, at this scale, no. Okay. At this scale, no. And you know, I mean, adding a third layer of glass is nothing really that novel, right? I mean, you're yep. just adding a. However. Um, when you're talking about producing this many square feet of curtain wall, it is it is a challenge. So Karis and Karis and Soda Wall um, have been working with us, and they understood from the from the onset that this this kind of was the Bible, um, and so um, they have been excellent. I mean, there have been we've been working through Design Assist now for a couple months, and uh, they've been pressing hard on on the facade and the facade opportunities. And, uh, um, you know, the, the early signs are very good. I mean, they're very committed to it. And, um, you know, it seems like we're going to be, we're going to be in production soon. Excellent, man. So what's, what's been the biggest challenge? What's been the biggest nut to crack so, so far? (laughs) I, I think the biggest nut to crack is really, um, it's really what is Passive House, right? And when I say that, I mean kind of from top to bottom. You know, you're, you're starting something new, um, hasn't been done before, hasn't been done before at this scale. You know, it's new um, to the industry, um, but you can see beyond all of that and you can see the outcome and it's a matter of getting everyone to feel that, right? And um, 
you know, I think once you do that and you over, you realize that, look, we're committed to this because sure, you know, the fir- maybe the first couple projects in a region that go passive house, maybe they have some cost premiums. Over time, as those supply chains open up, as more construction managers are exposed to it, as more designers in teams realize how to build passive house, those premiums go down, you know, and uh, we've seen we've seen that in other other states, Pennsylvania, the Pittsburgh area, um, you know, other communities that have been committed to passive house, and you know, we're starting that here in Boston, and we hope and think that others will follow, um, and we're fully committed to it. So, are you looking ahead to future projects yet? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> Not yet. You got your hands I, full. This, 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 this is a big one. It's, um, it's super fun, um, you know, because there, there's a lot at stake, right? There's a, there's a real lot at stake when you think about where we are today and where we have to go tomorrow, um, and that's a huge part of it, and that's a, that's a huge appeal to, um, to, to tenants, to people that want to be in a space that cares about the tomorrow, right? All the while bringing them just a greater experience within their work environment. Is there going to be a, a, a good, is there going to be any premium, do you think, compared to other comparable office space in, in Boston, in downtown? I mean, it's office spaces. There's certainly a lot of demand for office space in Boston. The honest answer is I think it probably remains to be seen. Okay. Um, I fully believe in it. When you believe in something, you, you, you're creative with it, and you say, look, mm-hmm. this, this is how we're going to put our money where our mouth is, so to speak. You know, We're fully invested in this, and we believe in the outcome, and it's going to be to your benefit. Who's going to manage the building? Who's going to run the building? So we'll, we, we will manage and run the building. Okay. So yeah. you have, that's... We, 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 we will hire a team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's... Uh, when, when we get to that point, right, um, which is, we still have a, a couple of years, but we've already started the, those conversations because it doesn't just start from scratch, right? Right, right. Um, you know that understands what we're trying to do collectively on this project. Gotcha. Yeah, so you'll, I mean, the, you'll be reaping the benefits down the road of the, just the lower, the lower energy bills, the durability, the demand for healthy, uh, comfortable space. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, Absolutely. And, and, and this, this only becomes more and more in demand as every year goes by. That's, that's my firm belief. Um, you know, that uh, this is not a blip on the radar. This is something, this is going to be the new standard. And we're just, we are helping to define that and helping to usher that in. Cool. Yeah, man. Very cool. So, so if we were to talk again in five or ten years, what do you think we'd be talking about? Would this be standard? Would there be something bigger and better? So I think I think if we're talking in five to ten years, right? Let's see. What does that where does that put us? That almost puts us. My gosh! At twenty. Okay. 
yeah. Close to 2030, right? Or 2025. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> let's, now that you say that, I'm regretting the question. That's a long time. <laughs> well, let's think about it, right? So we know that the, the direct path to carbon neutrality in the urban core for large downtown projects, it requires passive house, it requires high performance. You can't get there without this. So I think in five to 10 years, we're, we're really talking about some, something else. I think passive house is, um, it's the talk of the town. It's something that people are familiar with in integrating into their projects. Um, but I think in, uh, in five to 10 years, you know, hopefully we're, we're talking about the, the next innovation. Excellent. And, and, that's, and that's what this is. It's, it's an innovation that is so very simple at its fundamental level, at the science, scientific level. Um, and it just needs to be brought out and explained and in a way that, you know, people grasp and understand it. Yeah, and executed in a way. Right, absolutely. Uh, everybody Yeah, sorry. Good, good. That, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Brad, thanks for coming on. All right. Is that it was a lot of fun. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for having me, Rob. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Buildings and Beyond. For more information about the topics discussed today, visit www.swinter.com slash podcast and check out the episode show notes. Buildings and Beyond is brought to you by Stephen Winter Associates. We provide energy, green building, and accessibility consulting services to improve the built environment. Our professionals have led the way since 1972 in the development of best practices to achieve high-performance buildings. Our production team for today's episode includes Dylan Martello, Alex Mirable, and myself, Heather Breslin. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.